0: Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into the mid-year check-in on today's episode. What's this? What's this? It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. What is this? A whole new world. What is this? So, um, last year, uh, well, technically in in February, I think, or March, I did a Circle of Film Awards episode uh, where I created my own um, categories, put out my own nominations, and uh, announced my own winners uh, for each category. Um, Just kind of to flash back to that for a second, you know, The Handmaiden walked away with Best Picture. That was the only award it won. Uh, you have Moana winning Best Song, Arrival winning Best Director, um, Casey Affleck won Best Actor, etc., etc., etc. And uh, if you are checking up on the website, that's the circle of, at circleoffilm.com, you will see that uh, I am consistently updating the 20, 2017 Circle of Film Awards with uh, my current nominations as each film comes out. And I've just recently updated that to include uh, all of the films that I've currently seen as of this recording. And, you know, it's still a very rough, rough list. You know, there's definitely a lot of things on there that are mostly just placeholders because I don't have enough films that I've seen this year to to fully put out a, a solid list of nominations. But to that end, what I have done... Is created a new page on my spreadsheet which as you know is probably is something I I greatly enjoy Uh, and this page lists uh, not only the films from last year that were nominated and won awards but the films from this year that are currently in position to be nominated for awards Um, and so I can and so this kind of gives me a much cleaner way to look at things from a statistical point of view uh, rather than a, a specifically category point of view so, this episode is ultimately going to be going over where we're at right now. We're roughly halfway through 2017. Um, generally, at this point in the year, most of the final end of the year awards contenders have not come out yet. Uh, so, it'll be in, it's in. So, I think it'll be really interesting to kind of compare what the big films in the awards conversation are right now and what they end up being and where this moments uh, kind of uh, front-runners end up in six months because, you know, there's a chance, you know, some of these films might, a lot of these films are probably going to get cut from the list by the end of it, but there are some here I think that are just so strong that they're going to survive the entire way through, but who knows, you know, there's, you know, who knows. (laughs) I don't, so... And I created. So that's what we're ultimately going to try and do in this episode. Uh, another thing, though, I dislike the fact that my awards start in 2016. Uh, not to say that 2016 was a bad year. I liked a lot of great films from 2017 or 2016 that I really enjoyed. But as far from a statistical point of view, I want to go back further. I want to get older. I want to put out Circle of Film Awards from 2015, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, and as old, far back as I really can go, and so my plan is to, once I have seen, so once I meet two criteria, I I am going to go back and sort of compile a Circle of Film Awards for older years, sequentially, so um I'll be going back and doing the year 2015, once I've met, having seen 200 films at least that have been released that year, Uh, and I'm gonna gonna caveat that actually and say 200 feature length films at least, uh, as well as every single Oscar nominated film. So that means that for 2015 I only have one Oscar nominated film to watch. It is Cloud Lanzmann's Secrets of Shoah. Uh, and then I will have seen every Oscar nominated film. I have seen exactly, actually, I've only seen two 181 feature length films at the moment from that year. So I'll sort of find some more of those. Uh, there are probably a lot of documentaries and foreign films I haven't seen in particular. And I'll kind of flesh that out a little bit and then I'll start to compile a list put it together and then at some point when I feel when I have the time and uh, the availability I will put out a 2015 Circle of Film Awards and the also the other interesting thing about this is that it's give I have a lot more perspective going back and looking at these things so I don't have to make snap decisions and judgments within with a short time frame you know I don't have to I don't have to watch Manchester by the Sea in December and determine what it's the best at by February. I've had over a year to think about these films and where I place them in my all-time rankings. So that's a plan. Um, we'll see how closely I can adhere to it uh, in the times uh, in the upcoming months. And and I, I hope, ideally, I would be able to put out 2015 and 2014. Uh, Circle of Film Awards before the end of this year, but um, if you've been uh, if you've been a a, a, a faithful listener uh, in recent in the recent couple of months, you'll realize, you'll know that I'm way behind what the amount of uh, content I wish I'd been putting out. So that being said, um, fingers crossed. There, let's look at where 2017 stands right now. Uh, so, just by sort of comparison, um, there are tw- 19 films that are currently nominated for something in my, in my Circle Film Awards for this year. Uh, for comparison, last year there ended up being uh, 48, so 29 films uh, total that were nominated. Uh, so the nominations got spread out pretty thin towards the end of the year. Um, and because there are so few, much, so many fewer films, they've kind of there are a couple of films that have really taken a lot of nominations that you see being given to one or two other things later on in the year. Um, also, the Handmaiden uh, was the most nominated film last year with five nominations. Uh, at this present moment, there are four films that have more than five nominations. One as many as eight, um, and then two more films that have five nominations at the moment. So, six total films have at least as many nominations as last year's highest quantity film. Uh, on the other hand, there are, I believe, uh, 10, maybe more, uh, 11, 12, 13, 13 films from 2016 that are higher rated than the highest rated film that I've seen from 2017. So that's another reason why a lot of these films won't be showing up later on in the year because this is the best at the moment but there's so many other films that have to come out and these just are not at the highest quality so um i think i'm just going to go through this by categories really quickly uh, and kind of list down all that we've got we're dealing with um, we'll start with best picture uh, there's really no need to do anything any theatrics for this situation. Uh, So the current Best Picture nominations uh, are in no particular order, Wonder Woman, John Wick Chapter 2, Get Out, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and The Lego Batman Movie. These are the five highest rated films that I have currently seen and are all multiple nominees at the moment. The Lego Batman movie, continuing the tradition of Moana of an animated film with a nomination, um, and uh, yeah, I, I like them. I think I don't. I think the only one of these films has a chance to make it to the end of the year in this category, but I sincerely doubt any of them do. Honestly, based on their current ratings, the highest rated film I've seen this year has a ninety, and. This would have to be a really, really weak year. Uh, weaker than any on record since I started recording, since I started keeping track to, to, not, to not knock out the top-rated film at this present moment. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Moving on to directors. Uh, we have Patty Jenkins from Wonder Woman, Jordan Peele from Get Out, Chad Stahelski from John Wick Chapter 2, so three familiar faces already. Then two new entries uh, James Mangold for Logan and Danny Boyle for T2 Train Spotting. So that gives each of those their first nomination, whereas John Wick, Get Out, and Wonder Woman all grab a second in the director's slot. Um, Again, all of these films still have, that I've mentioned so far, have at least four nominations currently. We'll move on to male lead performance. We have Kelvin Harrison from It Comes at Night, very recent watch. Tracy Letts from The Lovers. Keanu Reeves, John Wick Chapter 2. Will Arnett, The Lego Batman Movie. And Hugh Jackman, Logan. Uh, So this is kind of how it's going to look for most of these categories. You're going to have two or three of sort of the same five or six movies. And then one or two outliers like The Lovers and It Comes at Night. Um but again like this is a scenario where I don't think that any of these people you know maybe Hugh Jackman can make it to the end of the year in this category um but this is a very weak category at the moment Best female lead performance uh, Gal Gadot for Wonder Woman Allison Williams for Get Out Rooney Mara for Song to Song Emma Watson Beauty and the Beast and Rachel Weiss My Cousin Rachel uh, this one, I think, currently the female lead category is slightly stronger than the male lead, uh, but not super significantly. Um, you know, I see a lot of weakness in this 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 list and uh, a lot of easy substitutions to come. Uh, next, we have best male supporting actor with John C. Riley for Kong Skull Island, Robert Carlyle T2 Strain Spotting. Michael Rooker, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Luke Evans, Beauty and the Beast, and Patrick Stewart Logan, uh, Logan and Beauty and the Beast, uh, each grabbing their second, uh, performance nomination here, um, you've got, so looking at the tallies at the moment, Wonder Woman, Logan, John Wick Chapter 2, Get Out, all have three nominations through this point, um, we introduce Kongskull Island here with John C. Riley. Uh, this is a decent category. I think that Patrick Stewart, Michael Rooker, and John C. Riley are all fairly strong candidates in their own right. Um, John C. Riley, probably the weakest of those three, in my opinion. Uh, but this is, I think, the strongest uh, performance category at the moment. But the supporting performance categories are definitely far stronger than the leads at the moment. I've said at the moment like 10 times in the last two minutes Now moving on to best female supporting performance You have Daphne Keene from Logan Ruby Rose, John Wick Chapter 2 Catherine Keener, Get Out Robin Wright, Wonder Woman And Betty Gabriel, Get Out So Get Out with two nominations in this category Uh, That is very unlikely to remain consistent throughout the rest of the year uh, but shows you just kind of what kind of performances are being put in in that movie despite the fact that it is a horror movie for the most part uh, this like I said you know the supporting performance categories are very strong when you compare them to the leads uh, you know I think Daphne Keane and, and and Robin Wright have a shot to make it to the end uh, but it really kind of I mean again it all depends on on the films to come out in the coming days. The next next category we have here is best screenplay. Uh, so some more familiar names in this category. Uh, here we have Wonder Woman, again, Logan, uh, each with their fifth nominations. Uh, then we have uh, Get Out with its sixth and final nomination. We have uh, the Lego Batman movie and T2 Train Spotting. All getting best screenplay nominations at this time. Uh, and this is kind of similar to the best. More similar to the director category than to the picture category, in my opinion. Um, which I didn't really comment on when we went through it, but I think the directors. There have a better chance of making it to the end of the year than the films themselves. Uh, I think the direction in a lot of these films and the writing in these films is pretty strong. Uh, It just remains to be seen if that is a strength that can last long enough into the end of the year when all the awards contenders are coming out. Whereas I think the films themselves, while very much great, are just not at the highest tier possible. Moving on to the weakest category at this time and the only category that I don't have five nominees for is Best Original Song. Um, We'll start this with two songs from Beauty and the Beast, Evermore and Days in the Sun. Simply there because, I don't know, they kind of have to be at the moment. Uh, I do actually really like Evermore. I could totally see that being on on my end of the year list. Uh, There's also the Lego Batman movies, Who's the Batman? Uh, which I greatly enjoy, and would like to, can't wait to listen to on its own. I'm sure I could, if I actually looked for it, but um, yeah, and then the fourth nominee is from The Space Between Us, uh, which is, there's a song Britt Robertson's characters plays uh, on a piano, which may or may not actually be an original song, but I believe it is uh, at the moment, and so I'm using it as kind of a placeholder. Uh, you know, I I, I I try to make this category about actual music that is performed in the movie as most often as I can. And there just have not been that many original musicals at this moment. Uh, next category, best original score slash soundtrack. Uh, this is another pretty weak category. Um, Wonder Woman. Uh, probably leading the way here fairly easily. Uh, next up, there is uh, T2 Train Spotting, uh, followed by Ghost in the Shells, only nomination, The Circle, their only nomination, and The Zookeeper's Wife. No, I misspoke. I didn't misspeak. The Zookeeper's Wife. Uh, so, three of these films, their only nomination is in this category which is generally just being a placeholder for my capabilities to make this five nominees instead of two, which would be Wonder Woman and T2 Spotting. Although The Zookeeper's Wife and Ghost in the Shell are slightly above average in, in, in this, as, as far as score and soundtrack goes. Next up, tactile effects. Uh, surprising, you know, I wanted to put Wonder Woman in this category but I just I couldn't I think these other films just look more physically beautiful and it's tough for me to determine the difference between what's a special effect and what's not without seeing a behind-the-scenes like documentary or something like that so tactile FX, uh, Logan John Wick chapter 2 Beauty and the Beast and Song to Song uh, song to song, probably the odd person out for this category, as it's not a very effects laden film. Uh, it is Terrence Malick, so it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. But the costumes and the settings are just gorgeous in this movie. Whether or not the film itself is actually very good, uh, so the te- and so the technical categories as far as the effects go, I think are a lot more solidified than a lot of the other categories because most of these categories are going to have the big blockbuster tentpole type of movies in them at the end of the year, and that's mostly what's been put out at this point. So that's kind of where we stand as far as tactile effects go. Uh, And then best special effects... Um, I missed one. Tactile effects also includes Dead Men Tell No Tales, Pirates of the Caribbean. Forgot that one. Best special effects. um, Slightly different. Uh, There's currently no crossover between special and tactile effects. Beauty and the Beast had that for a second, but just recently lost it. Uh, Special effects currently including Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, the Lego Batman movie, Wonder Woman, again, Kong Skull Island, and Cars 3 uh, Cars 3, the second of two animated films currently making any of these lists uh, and I mean it's Pixar so it looks amazing the movie is mediocre though, unfortunately um, and I think that both Cars 3 and the Lego Batman movie are nowhere near the level of like Kubo and the Two Strings was last year as far as uh, special effects go So, I don't see them making it to the end of the year. Wonder Woman, Guardians, Kong, uh, they're a little bit higher up. uh, One or two of those might make it. Um, I'd be surprised if all three did, but uh, again, you know, this is a. You know, we still have Justice League, Spider Man, um, Thor, Ragnarok to come out. So, there are a lot of big films to come out with presumably very dazzling special effects to go. And finally, the last category, best scene slash moment, uh, um, let me see here, the, none of these are, I wouldn't call any of these moments or scenes spoilers, Uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail about them anyway, in case you're wondering, but at the moment, my favorite scenes of the year, the the compound attack in Logan that involves Daphne Keene's character, the translation discussion in Wonder Woman where Gal Gadot uh, kind of unleashes herself on these old white men, the catacombs shootout in John Wick Chapter 2, the helicopters scene in Kong Skull Island, you know exactly what I'm talking about and finally the Yondu slash rocket jailbreak in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 uh, currently, all of these scenes and moments are not really emotional. They're more action, excitement driven. And, uh, you know, if you look at last year's best scene moments, um, you know, that one was that category was won by 10 Cloverfield Lane with a dramatic scene. You had Manchester by the Sea, uh, you had The Handmaiden, La La Land, and Fences. All of these best scene nominees were dramatic elements and emotional elements not action elements and so i think that that's going to be kind of typical of this category at the halfway point just because of the types of movies that are out at this point so um yeah so those are all the current nominees for all the categories that i'm looking at right now like i said a lot of this is subject to change and i envision a lot of this changing quite drastically um, as far as nomination, not total nominations go, Wonder Woman has eight, Logan has seven, John Wick and Get Out both have six, Beauty and the Beast, Lego Batman movie have four, or have five. I'm sorry, Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. 2, T2, Train Spotting, each with four, Kong Skull Island three, Song to Song two, and everything else has one. There are three, four, five, five films rated below a 50 that are currently nominated for something. Um, and if we look, there was only one film underrated less than 50 that was nominated last year, and that was Fences. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we're looking at definitely a very big change between now and the end of the year when uh, the list is finalized, but at the same time, it's very much a foretelling of sorts if you look at what's actually in the front-running race right now going forward just based on the types of films that they release in the first half of the year as opposed to the ones that come out in the second half of the year and that's gonna be it uh thank you so much for listening if you want to check out the list as it's updated uh, uh as i come across new films uh go to circlefilm.com. you'll find the list there as well as old episodes and everything else you need to know about the podcast if you want to get in contact with me, you can send your comments, concerns, questions, or answers to circleoffilm at gmail.com. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same good night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from me.